0: Did you know that Positive Birth Australia has now ventured into the world of birth pool hire? For those of you in Australia planning a home birth or considering labouring at home before jetting off to the hospital, we've got something special for you. Click the link in our show notes to express your interest in hiring one of our beautifully designed, aesthetically pleasing birth pools. Currently, we have on offer two stunning colors with more amazing shades on the way to our shores soon. It's time to move beyond the commonly used stark blue birth pool and embrace natural, calming elegance. We are so excited to see our PBA birth pool supporting you in your birth space. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Skye Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, first-time mum Bronte, shares her empowering, drug-free hospital birth. Prior to falling pregnant, Bronte always assumed she would be the person who wanted all the pain relief on offer. Once she began to read birth books and listen to positive birth stories, her beliefs and preferences about birth completely shifted. Realizing her body was built for this and endeavoring to achieve a natural physiological birth. Towards the end of her pregnancy, Bronte was advised to head into hospital for light cramping. While there, she was told her light cramping were actually the beginnings of labour. Excited by this news, she planned to stay for monitoring and then head home to labour in her environment. But while she was walking to the waiting room, her waters broke. As she glanced down, she realised that her waters were stained with meconium, flooding her with anxiety over the knowledge that her water birth would no longer be an option. Bronte takes us through the empowering birth that unfolded, the differences in midwives after a shift change, and how, despite under pressure, she was able to advocate for herself and make informed decisions that helped her achieve the birth she desired. Enjoy the episode. bronte welcome to positive birth australia thank you for being here today thanks
1: guy i'm a big time fan so i've been really looking forward to it
0: oh awesome i love that thank you So to kick off today's episode, could you just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Yeah, yep. So um, I'm Bronte, so I'm a 26-year-old civil engineer. I live on the Gold Coast uh, with my husband, Michael, and our puppy, Labrador, Lucy. Um, So I've been with my husband, Michael, for six years now, so married for a bit over two years, and uh, we've been really excited to start our family, uh, and we started that uh, journey last year with our uh, baby girl, Violet. I love that name. And was Violet a planned
0: conception?
1: Yeah, she was. She was. So we were trying for about um, about half a year. So okay. no, it, it's funny. Like when, when you're in the thick of it, it feels like a long time. But mm. um, no, now looking back on it, um, yeah, no, pretty quick, pretty, pretty simple, very grateful.
0: Yeah, awesome. Actually, that reminds me, I was having a conversation the other day with a girlfriend of mine about how before trying for a baby, I was one of those kind of annoying people that's like, you've just got to relax into it. It'll happen at yeah. the <laughs> perfect time. But then you actually start trying for a baby and you realize that wait feels like eternity. It
1: does. It does when you're waiting those two weeks. And um, actually that that kind of leads into when we first um, – Like, you know, you, you, you wait and then you do the test. So, um, when we first fell uh, pregnant with Violet, um, I, I had a negative test, uh, a a few days, maybe five days or so before, um, I had the positive test. Um, but I just, there was something in the back of my mind that said that this was the month, um, it was just amazing. I so it came back on Valentine's Day that um, yeah that I was pregnant. Oh, so nice. uh, had to put back that bottle of wine that I bought and, <laughs> and and start the journey there.
0: So because it was a planned conception, was there anything you did in the lead up to pregnancy to get your body prepared?
1: Yeah, um, I, I was trying to keep active, uh, just you know walking and gen- general stuff like that. Um, I'd already been taking prenatal vitamins uh, and following a bit of a, a stricter diet, just the New South Wales uh, health guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, for maybe for those six months, uh, so yeah, no, just just basic stuff like that. Yeah, okay.
0: And how was your pregnancy with her?
1: It was relatively easy. I'd say I'd say I have quite uh, an easy pregnancy. Uh, I had that basic uh, morning sickness between sort of nine to fourteen weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't eat pancakes, you know. Couldn't keep there were mm-hmm. certain foods I couldn't keep down. Um, but no, generally uh, fairly straightforward. Um, not too many complications Mm -hmm. so my first ultrasound was really standard all the the good signs of a healthy baby but about 10 weeks I got the nip test done to confirm the sex and any sort of chromosomal abnormalities uh, and then the results came back all good, and the doctor gave me the results of the sex in a sealed envelope for us to open on our um, postponed uh, honeymoon in Tasmania.
0: Oh, okay, cool. And so, during your pregnancy, was there anything you did in the lead up to birth to get prepared?
1: Yeah, yep. Uh, so I I did do a couple little things. So I did um, a pregnancy yoga towards the end, and I can highly recommend that. That was awesome. It focused heavily on um, on breathing and just a bit of that, um, you know, stretching and being in touch with your body um, and relaxing, which is something um, as an engineer, you know, it's a bit of a high stress job sometimes. So just um, noticing the cues in your body and um, noticing how you can go about relaxing them. I think that was really important um, going into the birth for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but I was with the, um, so I guess things started pick up around sort of 20 weeks when I was put in touch with the midwives at, um, your midwives varsity. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was doing a shared care model, um, purely because, I mean, I was a a first time mum and, um, I thought that that was, um, I had a good relationship with my GP. So I thought that would be a good way to go. Um and sure enough those midwives are just magic it was just incredible i um i did opt to have a student midwife as well so she sat in at all my appointments um and being a mum herself um you know supplemented with the knowledge i'd gained through pregnancy books and podcasts um it was just it, it was just um yeah, absolutely immeasurable the support that I got um from the midwives and the student midwife Yeah, cool. Uh, just quickly when you
0: say shared care does that mean it's between your GP and the midwives and then those midwives are at your birth
1: no see those midwives are just supporting around the hospital so um I when I get to hospital I just get assigned um a random midwife whoever's there Right.
0: okay so continuity of care during your pregnancy and then just Correct. whoever on the day yeah that's
1: yeah. it yeah cool um um, and yeah, those the the midwives there um, really believed in um, their physiological birth, mm-hmm. um, which I guess what I learned from them um, really supported my decision to go into um, my birth, hoping for um, an unmedicated water birth was mm-hmm. what I was um, aiming for. Um, but as you know, we'll, we'll get there in a bit. Um, you know, w- what you want isn't isn't always what you get. You got to be flexible, but. Uh, yeah, look, the the, um, the ideas around physiological birth um, really stuck with me and gave me a bit more confidence um, heading into things. Yeah.
0: Now, what was your perception of birth at that stage? Were there any fears associated with it?
1: Yeah, I think my biggest fear was um, around pain. Um, I knew my my mum had good births uh, with both my sister and I so I had a bit of confidence there that hopefully genetics would be on my side Mm -hmm. Um, but look that the fear around I guess uh, tearing or um, potentially not being supported through um, you know my care providers or the hospital um, you know that that fear was there Um, but I think uh, as Uh, When I started, when I was first pregnant, I thought that I'd definitely be lining up for that epidural or any type of pain relief that I could get no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as I learned a bit more um, throughout the journey uh, and gained a bit more support, um, I felt that, um, no, that the, the, uh, as natural as possible was what I wanted. Yeah, yeah.
0: Any other resources you found helpful during your pregnancy? Did you do any courses? I
1: didn't end up doing any birth courses. Um, I I had mates who did it who uh, thought it was fantastic. But no, what I did was um, I read a lot of books. Uh, So just your basic um, Up the Duff by Kaz Cook, uh, listening to podcasts like this. Uh, There was uh, another podcast podcast called The Kick as well uh, I enjoyed that one as well because that, that talked a lot about the um, you know the ins and outs of, of what really goes down in birth uh, and then obviously this podcast gave me um, confidence in uh, in my body mm-hmm. uh, but apart from that you know doing um, uh, like uh, meditation and the, the yoga um, gave me a good support network too of other mums who had been there, done that, and uh, we're also aiming for um, uh, unmedicated or uh, a bit more of a natural birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, the Happy Fit Yoga on the coast. Um, so it was, it was great. You know, we we all just um, were there every Saturday morning, and um, yeah, no, just a bit, a bit more of a community of people who. Um, were, could share their knowledge of, um, yep, they went They went over, you know, over 40 weeks, um, decl- declined um, interventions and, um, you know, ended up with their babies on the other side of it. So that gave me a bit more confidence too. And what
0: were your birth preferences leading up to your birth?
1: I was planning on um, labouring at home for as long as possible, mm-hmm. um, hoping to, um, you know, stay in the shower, stay warm, um, you know, just, just breathe and relax at home for as long as possible. Um, that was, that was my plan. And my plan was to, yeah, ha- yeah, have, um, reach the, the special point where you meant to head into the, the hospital. Um, but ab- apart from that, yeah, just, just labor at home as for as long as possible uh, head into hospital um, and uh, yeah, go from there. Yeah. Have it, hopefully have, have a water birth. Um, once I hit sort of, um, yeah get in the water once I hit transition um in my birth plan I um did say that um I would potentially uh have have gas mm-hmm. um but, uh, if there were any sort of drugs um but to, to not offer any drugs unless I asked for it
0: yeah, yeah. and how were you yep. feeling in those last few weeks of Pregnancy leading up to birth. Were there any significant signs that you were about to go into labour?
1: Yeah, there were a few. Um, so from uh, thirty-seven weeks onwards, I started having um, small signs of labour. So at thirty, just before thirty-seven weeks, um, I lost my mucus plug, mm-hmm. which I thought that I was going to. I thought it was all going to kick off. Um, yeah. So uh, then a week later, I had some decent Braxton Hicks, and then that was that was all that was, and then a week later again, um, you know, had, had, um, a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more mucus, a bit more of feeling like I might go into labor. Um, but you know, so it was, it was right at the end there. So, um, I was, uh, doing a lot of those just spinning babies exercises and some pregnancy yoga just to keep in the good mindset. Um, lots of raspberry leaf tea and too many dates. Uh, (laughs) so I guess I was very excited for the baby to come. Um, so uh, also, uh, once I hit 40 weeks, I had headed into my midwife appointment uh, and uh, they mentioned something that I could do, would maybe start some antenatal expressing, uh, which I realized you could start from 36 weeks. And I thought that was just amazing. I, I dialed into a lactation class at the hospital uh, and uh, answered some of my questions. But uh, I guess I sort of was really tapping into um motherhood already I felt like I felt so confident that I could um express colostrum that uh, I gave me yeah it, it gave me a real boost towards the end uh and then on the day I went into labor um was a really chill day it was a Saturday um, we just had uh, my husband and I went for a walk on the beach with the dog went to a favorite cafe uh, and then came home just to relax and put our feet up um, I woke up from from a nap and in that afternoon I, I noticed a bit of spotting and um, some just pe- period like cramps mm-hmm um so I called one three health um just to talk to them as I had a few other times through the pregnancy just to sort of uh, you know talk to them and see what what they suggested and they said um Look, it is it is urgent. You do need to be seen by a healthcare provider within four hours. Okay. So yeah, so but it, I mean, within four hours is, is pretty reasonable. So I thought, look, on a Saturday, the only place I can go is the hospital. So I went to the the, the Griffith Uni Hospital here, which has a, a fantastic birth ward. Um, but I figured because i mean i wasn't in labor i was like this would be a good uh trial run for when i eventually do go into labor so um had everything packed in the boot of the car uh and we just and and off we headed uh to the the pre-assessment center at uh, the at the birth uh center mm-hmm. um which was was great they were, they were very supportive they um the midwife uh, laid me down. Um, she said, look, totally normal. Um, hey, are you experiencing one of those cramps now? And I said, yes. And she noted, hey, that's actually a contraction. So things are things are going for you. So I was at, at 40 weeks and three days. Uh, and she said, look, what's probably going to happen here is we're going to have to do a little bit of monitoring uh, for 20 minutes. And then we'll probably send you on your way home to to get started in labor and you'll be coming back later to have this baby, Mm -hmm. Um, which was exciting. That was, uh, it was all kicking off. Uh, So, what happened then was I was ushered into a waiting room, where I remained for two hours. Oh <laughs> so, no! Um, it was funny, you know. You sit there in the waiting room watching it, a bit of the news, yeah. you know, ha- trying to have a laugh with my husband and playing the game of guess the expensive things in the vending machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was um, it was good, you know. After two hours, um, I went. Uh, they did a bit of a pre-assessment on me again because they hadn't seen me um, in those two hours. They just wanted to check on Bub. And on the walk back from that to the waiting room, uh, my waters broke. Oh, wow. So I rushed into the bathroom just because I had a bit of a gush. I thought, oh, that kind of feels like a bit more of the, the blood potentially, but turns out that was my waters. And I looked down and I noticed that there was meconium in the water. So um, from what I'd read um, and, and heard from the midwives, I knew that it was fairly common. You know, they say that one in 10 women um, have mech in the water um, when they their waters break. Mm-hmm. And I also knew what that meant for me in my birth plan. So I felt a bit anxious at that time. You know, you notice it and your stomach starts turning. Yeah, because for those that
0: don't know, that means no water
1: birth, correct? Correct, yeah, and it, it also mean conti- it meant continuous monitoring mm. and because um, I wasn't having the the regular contractions, I, w- I wasn't, uh, sorry, I was having contractions but um, it also means induction too potentially. So that was the, the big bad scary that um, was weighing on the back of, of my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> as well as uh, not being able to have that water birth that um, I was looking forward to. So, um, I did have contingency plans. So, um, all hope wasn't lost, but I was worried. I was very worried about that induction because, um, you know, I would read about the the cascade of intervention and that's what I wanted to uh, avoid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, it's still just me and my husband at the hospital at this time Um, but because my water had broken um, the very supportive uh, midwife that i was talking to um, ushered me through to pre-assessment again very quickly to make sure that we could do um, one more once over before they take me through to birth suite um at this moment uh however there was a shift change in the hospital so (laughs) the she was great she was fantastic and then um she she told me look she she basically warned me hey look you know this is your waters are broken There's meconium in the water this is you know what you can probably expect to happen next uh unfortunately i'm on a shift change so there'll be a new midwife coming in to do your pre-assessment before you then move to birth suite with a different midwife again Mm -hmm. so um Yeah, look, I I felt very comforted by her. But the next lady that came through, um, she was very um, old school. She tried to talk to me through my now very heavy contractions on the table. (laughs) Um, So, look, I I knew about being an advocate for myself. So I simply said, I'm having, I'm contracting. Don't talk to me, please. Um, And, you know, between contractions, um, she was talking about, Um, the induction, which I was just saying, look, you know, let's just take a bit, let's take a beat here. Um, but, uh, she took my blood pressure in that time, which, uh, was high, um, you know, which understandably would have been so because I was, I was stressed. I was shaking on the table. Uh, and previously, um, I've always had to have my blood, uh, blood pressure taken twice just because the first time uh, always tends to be a bit high, Um, So I I told her in that moment, I said, look, like, let's um, take it in five minutes time, you know, and she said, it's not going to change. And because she was talking um, towards me so condescendingly towards the induction, I just said, look, just get me the blood pressure medication. We'll talk about the induction when you get back. So that bought me a few minutes, but I did have to concede to taking the blood pressure medication, which I didn't, it wasn't told to me at the time, but I would have to stay, Bub and I would have to stay for monitoring for 48 hours after the birth. Um, so anyway, that's, that would be the one sort of regret uh, through the birth that I think I had. Well, I
0: mean, you were in labor, so <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you yeah. did I a know. pretty awesome job advocating for yourself. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah, it was one of those things I just thought, you know, I just wanted a minute on the induction. Yeah. Just, you know, I'll see you in a minute. So um, by then, my contractions were coming quite heavy on, on the table, um, and I then was um, – I, I took the blood pressure medication and a pin was put in the talk about the induction until I got to birth suite and um, I would be checked. So um, halfway on my walk to the birth suite, once it was ready, um, I actually had to stop and lean on one, the, one of the desks um, because I, I couldn't keep walking. Um, so that was a good sign to me that um, I was well, well and proper into active labour. Um, and once I'd reached birth, the birthing suite, um, I was very eager to see um, what my dilation was. Um, so, yep, on, on, the, on the bed, um, and the very nice midwife that I had there um, took my measurement and she said, you're at five centimetres. Your body is um, doing fantastically and just keep doing what you're doing, which at the time was um, a lot of breathing, a lot of movement. Um, and then I was free to just keep, keep moving around the room on the few different labor positions that I had um, looked into. Mm-hmm.
0: And could you share what some of those go-to positions were?
1: Yeah. So I um, there was a few ones. So um, just basically all fours on the floor, um, the, the toilet, uh, side lying on the bed um, and sort of just like rocking um, on, my, on my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, at this stage, uh, my husband, Michael, called my, my birth team. So my sister, who's um, actually a, a veterinarian, she came. Um, she was, I guess, my, uh, my backup in case my husband fainted from the blood. <laughs> oh. Um, she's great. Yeah. So I, uh, so she came and also my student midwife was called as well. Um, and she's just fantastic. So they all arrived quite quickly to the hospital and this was probably around sort of, uh, maybe 8 PM. Mm-hmm. So I had three, uh, three support people in the room, including my student midwife, mm-hmm. um, and everyone had their job. So, um, my husband was on uh, a cold compress on the forehead between contractions job. Uh, mm-hmm. My sister was on acupressure on my back um, during and around uh, contractions. And my student midwife had the very important job of making sure my, um, the monitor, that sort of um, small Doppler device that they put on you, mm-hmm. um, making sure that they could get a continuous heart rate so that it issue there was that if they lost the heart rate they were going to have to um insert the probes into my baby's head for for monitoring which i just didn't want to break my flow to have to get up on the table to then for, for them to place the probes because i was in such a good space mm. yeah so these these contractions that were coming um they were just growing in intensity um but i felt so in control um i, I was a hundred percent with it um the, the entire time that these were building um, and I just remember, you know, there was a lot of, of cursing and, and hitting the floor um, when they were happening, but there was the, the breaks between the contractions and I, I kept moving between the positions that, um, that felt good um, and then all of a sudden I could just feel the urge to push. Um, And I was, I I pushed, no one told me to hold up or anything. I just, I started pushing and I just light pushing. And I looked to the midwife in the room and I said, between contractions, and I said, um, look, I would like to get, I would like to get checked again. Um, So this was just a few hours Uh, My waters broke at 7, just a few hours into the labor. I was actually asking to be checked again because I was really pushing and I really wanted to know that I was, you know, um, very dilated um, at at that point. Um, And between contractions, I moved to the bed and she checked me again. And sure enough, I was at 8 centimeters. Um, And at that point, it hadn't crossed my mind to take drugs at all. Like, I, I just... I'd been so focused on breathing and keeping my body relaxed, um, that it just hadn't even occurred to me, um, to ask for any sort of pain relief. Um, and now that I was at eight centimeters, um, I figured just keep going and look, there was a little bit in the back of my head that thought, look, I really hope that, that uh, you know, traditional midwife was still on when my baby was born. I can get, I can get through this, uh, and have the birth that I I wanted to have. So maybe a little spiteful, but I, (laughs) I just had this real, real, um, energy coursing through me. Um, yeah. And the fact that I was still so present, um, and, and could ask, ask for things and, and move between the contractions. I was feeling good. Um, so at eight centimeters then I, I moved back to the floor. Um so uh through through then, through transition, um I found my groove just all fours on the floor with um <laughs> balancing, pushing against the exercise ball on my head. There was something Ooh. about that position. <laughs> I'm not sure it was just my, it must have been the pressure or something. Yeah. But um yeah, my job was just breathing and getting through it and um you know, a short time later, the midwives noticed that, um, yeah, then the baby was um, – they could see the baby's head. Baby's crowning. Um, oh, wow. So this is only a few hours in. Uh, I guess to – my total labor was six hours uh, from when my waters broke. So, yeah, they, they got they – they were crawling under me with a mirror to see the baby's head. And they, they were surprised. And they said, look, the baby's the baby's crowning. They called in the, the head midwife um, and she – um, sort of coaxed me to say, to sort of say, Hey, look, you know, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. Would you, would you be able to move to the bed and keep doing what you're doing? Um, and sure enough, I felt, yeah, I felt good. I just thought, yep, no, easy can do that. Um, between contractions, I shifted myself to the bed still on all fours and they raised the bed up to sort of help with that sort of squatting type position. Um, and I felt great. My, um, I had my team sort of up the front of me sort of um, reminding me that I was doing a good job uh, and that the baby was nearly here. Um, and as I was pushing, I had um, – my sister told me that uh, the head midwife had called the uh, OBGYNs wow. in, which if you had meconium in the water, there has to be um, OBGYNs just in case um, something uh, goes wrong with the baby's lungs when they're, when they're born. Um, so yeah, no, OBGYNs were called and apparently they said on the phone, no, this lady's having the, the baby's going to be out in, um, uh, I think they said in half an hour or something. They said, oh no, I think they said in five minutes. She said five to 10 minutes, this baby's coming. Um, so apparently yeah, OBGYNs rushed in. Um, oh, okay. I was, <laughs> yeah, uh, and they just sort of stood at the back. So, um, and the other midwives, uh, came in as well. Uh, so I was... Um, leisurely sort of pushing with the flow riding the wave on all fours on the bed Um, they wanted to see a bit more progress and I, I felt like I wanted to move positions at that time as well. So we moved to a, um, a sideline position, uh, for the baby, which I was still quite happy to labor in that position. Um, after a bit of that, um, the head midwife, uh, said that she would like to see me, um, on my back pushing, oh, okay. which I was, yeah, I was a bit worried about it. Um, at the time, uh, having, having read what I'd read and talked to the midwives I talked to. Um, but, I I was willing to give it a go, so I was laying on my back, um, and mm, I felt really good progress. Um, so I was I was happy about that. <laughs> I was happy I was wrong about that mm-hmm. uh, so for my particular birth. Um, there was I think there was something to do with her positioning um, that that really helped there. Mm. And there were uh, so there were three midwives in total in the room who were. Um, providing uh, counter-pressure um, all, all around um, all around my vagina. There was those um, and the perennial supporting the perennium. It was just, um, they were just holding it all together. It was incredible. Mm. Yeah. So I, at that stage um, I was pushing and they kept, they kept saying, look, all you need to do is get down past the eyebrows. You know, once you get down to there, to, to that stage, it's easy sailing. Um, And the next thing I really remember there is they said um, what long eyelashes she had. (laughs) (laughs) At that stage, I just thought, oh my goodness, like we're down, we're past the eyebrows, let's just keep going. So the thing that happened then is that I had to push between contractions that was that felt a bit unnatural. That was hard, um, but the purpose of that was just to hold the baby where she was between contractions. Even though it feels like you're pushing, it was more so just to just to hold. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, this um, the pushing phase was just going on at this stage. I had I had uh, I think I had probably an hour long of um, you know in the bed pushing, so 45 minutes to an hour of that. Um, and I think that that really supported the um my perennium and, and uh, any sort of tearing that I had so you know baby baby came out and my husband uh caught the baby um uh, at the other end and I was just I was so proud of him um, especially going through um being a bit squeamish around blood to then being fully fully committed to catching our daughter um it was just it was pretty incredible and then um so Michael and the midwives uh, put the baby on my chest, and I could see yeah my sister and and my husband by my side, and my student midwife who'd become a friend at this point, really um saying what a great job that I'd done, and it was um you know for that stage it, it was over, oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah it was it was a real roller coaster, and something that stood out to me was just that it was I wouldn't describe it as painful I would agree with um some of the previous people I've listened to on your podcast to say it's it's intense um it was just it was just wonderful it was just an absolutely amazing experience I ended up with two a a first degree tear uh which really was um two scratches one on my one scratch on my labia one scratch in the birth canal and that was it And did they do anything for that? No, no, nothing, (laughs) nothing at all. So it really was just, um, that was, that was probably one of my bigger fears was, was tearing. Mm -hmm. Um, But by, by breathing and relaxing, and I think also the support of um, the the midwives um, as well, Uh, they were very in tune with where I was. Um, I think I could really have, have that birth and believe in my body amazing and she was quite big wasn't she yeah she was she ended up being at she was a four kilo baby oh, so no. <laughs> um, very surprising uh she wasn't measuring big on any of the ultrasounds I had just sort of you know regular mm-hmm. but I think um once I measured her and everything she was um, on the 75th percentile for pretty much everything head mm-hmm. size weight length oh, wow. there you go. <laughs> yeah no so I yeah she was she was a bit bigger and I think they did recognize that as um she was coming out too they did note that she was a big baby as she was being born mm-hmm. um but there was such an energy in the room after I gave birth that um I feel like everyone was, everyone felt that they witnessed something very special (laughs) because I just, I felt it it is a bit animalistic. You just, you kind of give yourself over to this experience that's happening to you. Um, yeah, and then your baby's on your chest, and you get mm. to do that first feed, and it was just amazing. Oh, so beautiful! Did they leave her on your chest? Uh yes, yeah, she was. Yeah, even when they were doing um, the uh, fundal massage, which no one prepares you for, <laughs> I, that was bizarre. That was that was. Um, and and why that while they were getting the, I did have the injection for the placenta. Mm-hmm. Um, But it still took about – it took 45 minutes for them to get my placenta out anyway, Um, even with the injection, yeah. I mean, like, I probably shouldn't have been bothered, to be honest, but Mm. I kind of thought it would be quicker. Yeah, you'd think so. (laughs) But, no, bub was on my chest the whole time, and I was talking to my support team um, while they were sort of going about a few different things. And were you just on a total high? I was. I was absolutely on a high, yeah. There were – yeah, I – yeah, my whole uh, – I was just really proud of everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I was proud of uh, my, my student midwife for keeping that that uh, monitor on the whole time, which meant that I didn't have to have any intervention there. Uh, my husband for, you know, saying the words of support and also my sister for being able to, you know, read up on, on this massage and, and acupressure and sort of be there. Um, she, was, she was very one with the team because even when they were sort of inspecting me towards the end, um, you know, she – she she knows animals, so she knows the birthing process there. So the head midwife was talking her through what they were looking for as well. and it was just um, no, it was it was a very cool experience,
0: yeah, for sure. And did you do anything special with your placenta?
1: I was going to in the end, but um I call it mum brain, but I, uh, because I ended up in the hospital a few extra days. Um, I forgot to get my family to take it home, put it in their fridge. (laughs) So, um, I ended up having to dispose of it, unfortunately, but, um, I, I was looking to plant it under a tree, uh, but instead of that, I, I've just planted a, a tree, a magnolia tree, in the backyard uh, anyway to celebrate a birth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And even though you had a great experience, would there be anything you would do differently second time around?
1: Um, if, if I did, I think that I would um, – maybe do the continuity of care through the hospital. Even though I had such a great time with shared care, uh, I'd probably just try something a bit different and just go straight through the hospital potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, I might start, I'd start pregnancy yoga earlier. I waited until pretty deep in the third trimester to give that a go. but And then um, maybe even just do some of the, yeah, spitting babies exercises earlier Mm -hmm. um, just to be really in touch with, in touch with my bump and, yeah. and um, do, I, I love doing um, belly mapping throughout the pregnancy. So I think just coming in armed with the knowledge I have now and just the a bit of magic around pregnancy, I think I would do more things to enjoy it while it lasted. Yeah, okay. Everything the midwife said um, as I went to my appointments is just it was just incredible. I just thought they just had some they were they were wizards pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, no I, I would really be looking forward to that. Um it, yeah, if it were to happen again. So no, it was a very very special experience yeah. um especially being my first. I just I it, I just couldn't imagine it going better. Yeah, how perfect. Yeah. That's-
0: so, looking at your entire experience, what would be your key piece of advice
1: for any expectant mothers out there? Um, I think my key piece of advice would um, be be read up and uh, read up and become knowledgeable uh, in the whole physiological birth uh, process, because um, it's, the better understanding you have, I think, the better um, you can contribute to your to your birth and lead rather than taking a back seat um, which uh, I think has led to such a great recovery for me um, as well and and just general um, happiness and contentness about uh, my birthing journey and my pregnancy so that that would be that would be what I
0: would recommend. Yeah I love that because you having so much knowledge to fall back on even when things weren't going the way that you had planned, you were still able to maintain that trust in your body.
1: Yeah. And then I knew every stage, I'd read a lot about every stage of labor and what happens in the body in those times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't experience that crisis of confidence um, through the labor, which I was expecting. I was, I was very much expecting for that moment to come where I could think um, I'm not, I can't do this. Mm. Um, But Look, every time, um, you know, the intensity was raised, there was something in my head saying, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting closer to my baby, um, mm. which I think that was all part of the meditations I was doing, you know, getting ready for those thoughts and reassuring yourself that um, in the height of it, that everything you're doing um, you don't have to do again um, you can move past it um, and and soon you'll have your baby yeah I love that
0: thank you so yeah. much and what a journey huh thank you so much for sharing it with us today Bronte
1: thank you very much Skye no I very much appreciate it that
0: brings us to the end of today's show bronte went into her birth armed with all the knowledge which really helped her to make the right decisions to stay in control of her birth when things could have very easily unraveled one of the take-homes for me from today is her mucus plug i want to touch on this one because i realize that women often think losing your mucus plug is a sign that labor is near i personally thought the exact same thing and i lost mine with the twins at about three weeks before i birthed them so as you can imagine that was a very long wait and it messed with my mental game big time so this is just a gentle reminder that everyone is different some women do actually go into labor shortly after losing it but it doesn't always signal labor is happening soon so just keep this in mind because we want you to embody calm and patience at the end of your pregnancy hope you guys enjoyed today's episode let me know what you think over on the pba instagram and if you love pba we would be forever grateful for a subscribe or a rating on your podcast platform this helps us to continue this work and reach more women who need it thank you so much for listening i will see you all next week for another episode of positive birth australia